Thanks for tuning in and making Res Life a part of your day. Whether this is your first time listening or this is a part of your weekly rhythm, we are glad you're here. If you'd like to connect more throughout the week, check us out at reslife.org, download our app, or follow us on social media. It's time for today's message, so let's dive in. Well, good morning, Res. It is good to be here with you. I miss when I don't get to be with you, so thank you for this privilege and opportunity. So many of you also watching online, greetings to all of you, and today I come to preach the word of the Lord. I want you to know I'm thrilled about getting to speak here under Pastor Dwayne, the team here at, at Res. and today my goal is just to simply present to you the name of Jesus, very bold and very clear. As most of you know, I travel around the country, and I preach about a different place about every weekend, and I just want you to know the Lord has been laying on my heart something very simple. Uh, the message today is very simple, but I hear Him in my spirit just saying, Say my name. Say my name clearly. Let the nation hear my name clearly. So today, I'm going to present the name of Jesus, and I'm going to give you an opportunity to know him even better, and that's what I want my life to be about, and I pray today you would come with just an open heart. As I ask you to ask yourself a simple question, I want you to answer this question for yourself. Who am I? Like, like who am I? I as I look around our world right now, people are absolutely lost trying to answer that question. There's confusion, there's chaos, and when I see people trying to define who we all are, that's always a red flag for me as a preacher to say, go to the Word of God and see what God says we are, because we don't get to decide who we are. God the Father gets to decide who we are. Henry Nouwen, a world-famous Dutch theologian, some of you know his name, know that name, studied his works, he says that we as people define ourselves three different ways. And so I want to tell you those three ways and watch how true it is. He says, when we ask the question who we are, we answer that with, I am what I have, I am what I do, or I am what other people say about me. And if you stop and think about humanity, that's so true. If you think about that first question, I am what I do. Let's just go to that one. I am what I do. If I said to you right now, hey, who's Michael Jordan? You would answer and say, it was a great NBA basketball player. And I would say to you, not really. He was the greatest of all time in basketball. But down inside, Michael Jordan is something else. Michael Jordan is a real person. He has real thoughts, real, where's he at? How many of you know today, how's he doing inside? We don't know. Because we, all we know about Michael Jordan, most of us, is he's a great basketball player. He's defined by what he did. Secondly, we define ourselves by what we have. I'll say another name. As soon as I say it, you're going to define him a certain way. His name's Elon Musk. We think, oh, yeah, he owns Tesla, and he's really close to getting Twitter, too. But he's He's kind of what he has. He's, he's known as a multi, anytime you see his name, Elon Musk, the billionaire. Interesting. He's defined by what he has. Then the third thing now and says, we are what people say about us. Think about that. For many of you in the room today, did one of your friends this week say something to you and you're like, wait, what? Or someone wrote you a nasty email or sent you a mean text and said, you're this. Or a friend at school put you down and called you a name and you're like, wow, is that what I am? 
somebody in watching online or in here, maybe I'll even go back to online. Somebody maybe didn't come to church today because somebody told you maybe you don't look so good or you, you don't fit the bill and you found yourself going, I'm not going to go. We allow other people's words to define us. I'm actually going to throw a fourth category in there and add something to what now and said, when I look at our culture right now, we're being told this, you are who you say you are. Like, I'll tell you, I'm this, 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 or this. And I want to tell you that if you add those four things up, and if you seek your answer as to who you are today, answering those four questions, you're going to find yourself confused chaotic inside. And that's why I'm bringing this message today, because as I look at a world filled with chaos, you don't have to live that way. I want you to imagine right now that all this space all over the stage, because this represents kind of the world and the world's view and the way they see things. There's all kind of levels, all this kind of stuff. And I want to tell you today what I'm asking you to do is to rise to a different place, and I'm going to show you what God's Word says you are. Because the world wants to tell you that's who you are. I'm going to come up to this space today, and I'm going to use it as an elevated place, and I'm going to say to you, in your life, though we live in the world, I want you to see a higher purpose for who you are and a higher calling to your life than the minutiae of this world or trying to figure all that stuff out. God has a greater purpose for you. And today, I really believe that I'm preaching this message for maybe five people to seriously have a, a different approach to the way they've seen this for maybe years. Maybe you're here today and, and you're just struggling internally. I'm praying this message will be the beginning point for you to go, I'm going there first. I'm going to stop living my life down here trying to figure it all out and understand and call everybody. I, I don't know if you, you've seen this, but generally speaking, if you go online and post something, it's going to lead to confusion. Satan is the author of confusion. Jesus came to give us peace. So I call you to this higher place today that you go, I'm going to think up there. And all I'm going to do, I mean, this word, this word is full of so many passages of Scripture that define who we are. From the womb to the end, there is verse after verse. And today, I only have time for literally two of those. Tonight, in the evening message, I'm going to literally read Scripture to you. I'm not going to preach a ton. I'm going to read a lot of Scripture to you because I want you to understand who God says that you are. And this morning, I have one desire. I want to speak truth over you. I don't want you to keep believing and living the lies of this world. I'm going to speak the Lord's Word. This is the greatest thing I can do for you this morning is point you to the Lord's Word. Because this isn't my opinion. I'm not telling you what I think. I'm telling you what God says is true. Now, in order for that to be true, you have to believe this inerrant book of God. Somebody sitting here today, somebody online might say, well, I don't agree with that. That's your call. I'm just telling you, this book has, has proven itself true for centuries. And I'm asking you to consider, is that way of yours is it working for you? If not, 
there's an option here for you to consider, and it's what God says about you. And I'm simply going to read two verses. The first one comes from Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. The Word of God says there, and I'm sorry, it's 2, verse 10, Ephesians 2, 10. It says this, you are God's handiwork. Just hear that. Let me say it again. You are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good work which God prepared in advance for you to do. You are called God's handiwork. That means you are a thing of his making. God literally put you together inside your mom. God did that. Man is telling you all different kind of stuff about that. No, man, no, man, that's not how it went down. This and that and the other. And God's word says, no, 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 I made you. Like I look around this morning, I don't see God in the room. I don't see anyone in here who can feed the fish in the depths of the oceans today. Job wrote about this stuff. Who can do that? Last night, as I woke up during the night, tonight there's going to be a lunar eclipse, a blood moon. I, none of you are going to pull that off. You can't stand up and go, yeah, I, I did that. You can't. You're not God. He is creator of all. Look around. We're here because God allowed us to be here. It's truth. And when you start with that, you understand your proper place, but you've got to get up out of the minutiae of this world onto this truth palette to be able to see it. There's a few things that I wrote down that to me, that statement about being God's handiwork says to me, here's the first one. You have his personal touch today. You've seen illustrations where pastors have taken clay, maybe even a potter's wheel on stage, and normally we would spend time talking to you about, you know, you're the clay and God molds and shapes you. The only thing I want you to see about this clay today is this, okay? You are the clay. Look, this hand represents God. He is the potter. He is the one who shapes the clay. He is the one who pokes around on it. He's the one who shapes and configures you. You didn't do that. Without him, let me tell you what you are, a blob. See, we've lost that in our world. Let me show you something. I printed it off. I saw a little something come up on my phone this week, and I just printed it off. I used to take what I'm about to read to you. I go back 20 years ago in my life when I was preaching. I would have said the name of the person, and I would have kind of poked a little fun at them. I don't do that anymore. And I apologize to those who saw me preach that way. I've matured a little bit. This person who wrote what I'm about to read to you is a lost soul. They need Jesus. Me poking fun at them is not going to bring them to Jesus. Me, if I ever get the opportunity to speak to them, to tell them, I love you and there's a better way, and you don't have to live down here, there's, a, there's another level of life, that's what I would say to this person. This person's a famous artist in our world. They'll make more money than probably anybody in the room this year. And the quote recently from this person she said this, I don't see myself as a woman solely. I, I feel all my energy. I feel like the God in me is so much bigger than he or a she. And if I'm God, then really I am everything. And that's what the 17 and the 16 and the 15 and the 13-year-olds hear when they hear her music. And that's the message that's posted into their head. 
and a preacher like me comes in on a Sunday morning and says to you, 15-year-old sitting in the room, I want you to understand that's a lie. She's not God, and you're not God, and I'm pleading with you to understand your eternity hangs in the balance. And this world has got more time with you than me. And I would propose to you, sorry, video crew, I didn't do this first service, the world has even got new levels of junk that'll get you involved in. And it says to you, look how much freer it is to live out here, man. You can go out and hang out with the masses. Look how cool it is. You're your own God. Nobody can tell you where you can go. Video teams won't tell me where to go right now. <laughs> and I'm telling you, that the world is giving you this message saying, look at the freedom. I mean, if you link yourself to God, look at that little stage. Look, man, you won't be able to do what you want to be able to do what you want to do. I want to, I want to be free to do what I want to do. Nobody can tell me what to do. I'm God. And it leads to emptiness and brokenness. And I propose to you, if I could go and chat with this young lady, if she was honest with me, she would say, I'm lost. I don't know my way. And I find when I'm on stage, it makes me feel good. And I like it that people buy my albums and all that stuff. <laughs> and then I read about people who accomplished about all you could in the music world. Why do they look so empty at the end of their life if they don't have God? You aren't God. 17-year-old in the room, you aren't God. You were made by God. He formed you in your mother's womb. And I'm gonna prove in just a minute biblically why he did that. And some of you in this room go, but I don't like my shape. I understand. I don't like how he created me. I'm not happy with it. I propose to you, maybe he has a bigger purpose than you can see. But I don't look right. Maybe he has a plan for you you're not seeing fully. Your life isn't about you. The world is telling your life is all about you. And God says, can you step up here and see the next level? Because I promise you, you get to the end of your life and you're looking at eternity. That stuff that you are chasing, those things that the world say, pointless. When you stand before the man who created you, the God who said, I am with you, the one who said, I am the one who handles your life. Jesus came as a man to shape us and to show us a new way to live. God Almighty, God himself created us. Here we are in his palm. That's you. You are clay, shapeable for his purpose. Get this and hear this. You say, damn, we know that. I know. But I feel called to preach it because the world does not see what I'm telling you. And I understand that just by preaching this sermon, there may be those who attack what I am saying. I am not up here representing me. Someone has to tell you the truth of what God says. And God says, you are my handiwork. You are not God. Understand that to start it out. And when you get this, it changes the game of who you are.
handcrafted by God. Secondly, you're original, unique, and valuable. You are original, unique, and valuable. Last night, I flipped on the little TV show that some of you might watch as well. It comes on PBS called Antique Roadshow. Got some antiquers right here. And this lady had a painting, and she had set it up, and you know, you know that if you're there in line, if you were to, if you know anything about Antique Roadshow, it's people like us just take our junk to this thing, stand in line, and then every now and then they'll find, you know, one in a million treasures. Well, if you get called out, hey, bring your thing over here, you're like, yeah, baby, I must have something. So this lady came walking up with her piece of art, and the proprietor talking to her, you know, said to her, um, you know, where'd you get this? Bought it at a yard sale. How much? Five bucks. And the person said, well, do you know what you have? Nope. Well, that's a famous painting. That's worth, told her at the end, if you know anything about the show, that's worth thousands upon thousands of dollars to which they usually go, you know, this thing they carried in under their arm like this, they walk out like a boy, you know. The world says you are worth five bucks and you came from a garage sale. And the world tries to get, hey, there's kids in this room who Satan would whisper into your ear, you're worthless. You're, look, look, all your friends are better than you. Satan loves to defeat us by making us feel valueless. Just stop and think about that for one second. Satan beats the crap out of you to make you feel like you're valueless, and God is over here saying, can you step up on here and see what I say about you? Don't believe his lie. You are unique. That $5 guard sale, yard sale piece of junk. Let me apologize here. I noticed in this second service, I have been dealing with Bell's palsy on this side of my face. I'm, I'm coming. I'm doing really well. I appreciate your continued prayers. But sometimes I stumble over a word. So I just apologize to you for that. I'm trying to preach my way through it. So I appreciate your prayers. I'm doing fine, but I appreciate your prayers. But if I say my name's San Deborn, it's not. It's Dan Seaborn. So I'm trying to say it right. And, and Satan tries to make us think we are not valuable. And God says, I, I touched you. I made you priceless. And, and somebody needs to hear that today. You, you're dealing with something even physically that you go, I don't want it to be that way. The best thing I can say to you is, God made you that way to give purpose and value for him. You can reach people I will never reach. And third, as part of that, you are designed by God. Like the way he puts you together is intentional. He didn't make an accident when you were born. He did that on purpose. To fulfill the purpose he has for you. That's what the last part, look at the last part of that verse. It says there, you are here to do good works for Jesus, which God set at the beginning, before you were born. The question is, 
Are you going to go and discover that? Or are you going to see, see, I get, I get 30 minutes to tell you this truth. Maybe some of you listen to podcasts and other things, but average week for many of you is 30 minutes where you hear the gospel. The rest of the week, the world is telling you the entire time, no, you're not. No, you can't. You aren't worth anything the whole time. And you come in here, you think about that for 30 minutes. I was thinking about this yesterday, riding my bike, preaching this message. I got 30 minutes to offset that stinking worldview. And for 30 minutes, I'm going to tell you over and over, you are uniquely made for a purpose of bringing glory to God Almighty. Now watch this, watch this. See, you might look up here and this is so hard sometimes to preach about because you go, well, yeah, Dan, look, I mean, you get to preach to a thousand people today. That's not what it's about. This is my calling. I don't have an option. I'm a preacher. It's God's put it on my heart. I'm gonna try to fulfill it faithfully to him as long as I can. But your calling is, is equally significant. And you have to see that. And I saw it yesterday, I'll tell you how. It hit me yesterday going, that dude is fulfilling his purpose. So I rode my bike. I got on it yesterday. And I rode, uh, rode for a while and ended up riding downtown Highland. The Tulip Festival was going on, Tulip Time Parade was going on. So I just rode down there. And I literally, like y'all need to know, like when I'm out in the public riding my bike and stuff like that, if y'all saw me, you might recognize my face, but my dress and the way I look, it's, it's, it's bad. <laughs> like I don't try to impress or anything. I just, I'm just out there. And I looked a heap. I had some shorts, a ratty old tank top. Looked awful. If you, in, you know, in terms of looking, you'd be like, oh, that poor guy. We need to give him five bucks. I mean, I, I did not look the part. So I went. I found this little cement place. I sat down. I'm not near the parade. It's over there. I'm just sitting way back in the background. I don't want anybody to see me. I'm working on the sermon. I'm just kind of by myself. And I'm preaching the message, watching these Hundreds, if not thousands of people walk by and thinking, do they know who they are? Where will they spend eternity? How can I communicate a message tomorrow that will help somebody know how to love the Lord a little better? So I'm just sitting there thinking about that. And this person walks up to me. This person just walked up to me, saw me sitting there. I'm just sitting on the corner, my head down like this, just kind of sitting like this. They walked up, sir. I was like, yes. I looked up, yes. Are you from this area, sir? I said, yes, I am. Well, sir, can I talk to you a minute? Sure. And I, I, I don't mean this mean. I really think they thought I was homeless. I mean, I, I really do think that. I mean, I looked apart. I looked homeless. And I'm just sitting there. And they said, well, can I talk to you a little bit about something? I said, sure. He gave me a track. And talked to him about the track. And I didn't say anything about I'm a preacher or anything. I just listened. I appreciate that. Thank you so much for investing in my life. I appreciate that. And he walked away. And as he walked away, I thought, well, he'll, he's not preaching to thousands. He talked to one homeless dude in his mind. <laughs> but he did, he did what he felt he needed to do. And he's not responsible to change me. He's responsible to plant a seed, just let me know there is a God, there is a Jesus. And then it's my call what I do with that. 
Like, I gotta tell y'all about this sermon. I used to feel such a responsibility that I preach a sermon and, and then I gotta get all of them to respond. No, no. I preach the message, God does the work. If God woos your heart today, you get home and you can't sleep tonight, you gotta know I'm going, ha, <laughs> love it. God does the work. I just communicate the message. That's my role. Next week, I'll go to another city and preach the message. Probably this one because it's a message burning on my heart, because we're in a chaotic world where people are wandering out here lost, trying to figure out who they are, and you don't have to. You can start here going, I am handiwork uniquely designed by God for a purpose. Notice, not of myself. Everything down here chases self. Self-pleasure, self-fulfillment, self wants this, self wants that. Everything down here, and not one of them satisfies. And God says, Dan, as much as you like a lot of that, and as much as you're thinks about things that you want, and as much over there you want that, and over here you want this, that's not your, you can live in this world, but your purpose is higher. Your calling is up here. And I can prove it. The second verse that I'm going to read to you today is from the book of Philippians chapter three, verse 20. Paul writes, our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, listen. you don't ultimately belong to this earth. You ultimately belong to heaven. Hey, Paul, who wrote this, loved his Roman citizenship. Don't get me wrong. Paul loved that he was from Rome. He even used it a few times to his advantage. But his... His value, his ability to be content did not rely on anything down here. And so many of us in this room, we find our contentment in something down here. If I could just own that. Let me say something about owning stuff. Nothing wrong with it unless it starts to own you. Make sure you own it and it doesn't own you. You say, how do you know? Um, test it. Can you give stuff away? Like I know a lot of people say, oh, yeah, no, I'm not attached to anything in this world. Could you give something away? Well, no, I really don't want to give it away. <laughs> well, then it might own you. It might own you. And I just ask you, don't say that you're a giving person if you don't give. If this world is where you're finding your contentment, it's not gonna end well for you because this is not contentment. You can get a peaceful day or two. You can find some fun and joy. I was speaking in a corporation recently and I wasn't preaching this message obviously because it was a public corporation, a thousand people, and I was talking to them about just, in this world, where do you find your value? Where do you find your contentment? That's what I was saying. And one dude sitting about, about right in that area of the corporate setting I was in, about right there, yelled out, I know mine. And I was like, oh, this ought to be good. So I turned and I said, well, sir, since you're yelling at me right here in the corporation, you know, in the room, I said, where do you find your contentment? And he said, alcohol. And I went, oh, thank you, sir. I said, man, you are, you are about to prove my point. 
I said, do you love it? He goes, love it. Drink it, yeah. When do you drink most? Night. Have a ball? Have a ball. He's just going right with me. And I said, how's that next morning feel? And he just went, ooh. And I said to the whole group, my point. Chase it, and it'll leave you feeling more empty than when you started. And that's what the world does. This thing looks good. In fact, look how spacious it is. Like, well, this didn't work for me. I know what I'll do. I'll go over there. Because when you're, you know, let, let's just play it out by age. Well, let's play it like it's age. This whole year, this, this is when you're in your, you know, elementary and teen years. Yeah, yeah, I'm going I'm to do all Oh, well, because I got that next stage. And then you go to the 20s and 30s and then all that. Well, I got over there. And then you run over here and re, oh, in retirement. And there are people here who have tried everything. You went through the whole list. Each time you try to find your contentment in this world, and when you come up empty, you feel more hopeless. And if you tie your citizenship of your life to this earth, you will finish and go, oh, man, what was that about? I have right here what's called a passport. I can go anywhere in the world because I got this. And my U.S. citizenship, I'm proud of it. I come from another country, and I come to that little place where they say, sir, let me check your passport. And I hand it to them, and they open it up, and they see this absolutely horrendous picture <laughs> that matches me exactly. <laughs> and they say, sir, uh, where have you been? Tell them. What you been doing? Answer. You got any fruit in any of your luggage? No. You carrying any weapons? What are you looking for? No, I don't. I'm not. Well, sir, come on in. Thank you so much. Awesome. There's coming a day, according to Hebrews, when I'll stand before the Lord, and I've told you that verse before. And if I get to the pearly, well, I, I was like a U.S. citizen. Does that, can I get into God's kingdom? Worthless. But because of the name Jesus and receiving him into your lives, there's a book called the Lamb's Book of Life. We don't talk about it a lot. It's in Revelations. The Bible says when you accept Jesus as your Savior, your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That's the name you are going to care about. Because my citizenship is not temporary. It's permanent here. When you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it's written in there. And the Bible says that. And you can today be for sure and know my identity is found in the Lord and in the fact that my name is written in that book. I remember when my mama used to talk about that book. She'd even say things like this to me, son, 
I find a lot of peace in life because you accepted Jesus and your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I didn't get that at the age of 9 and 10 and 11. I do now. That's where it matters. And Paul said, y'all need to know, live down there, work down there, do things down there, but don't find your identity down there. That's temporary. This is permanent. It's a simple message. You go, Dan, we know this. I'm preaching this message because I'm hoping it gets posted somewhere and the world gets to hear it. I realize you're in church. The world needs to hear this message. The world needs to know there's a man named Jesus that changed where you get to stand. And today, we are honored that we get to stand here. He paid the price. It's by his stripes we stand on this platform. And I want you to know it. I don't want you to leave and try to find your identity where the world tells you to find your identity. You find your identity in your partnership with the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm trying to say his name clearly. This is the answer for our world. You say, but it seems so simple. The gospel is a simple message. We've made it hard. If you know Jesus, you know everything you need to know. And I have a couple of takeaways from this message. They're so simple. I look down, my time just ran to double zeros, so I'll wrap it up. Number one, number one, I want you to leave here and change something in the way you do life. We walk among that, we live among that, but get your mind up here and think higher than this stinking world. It should affect some of your post. It should affect some of your words. It should affect some of your lifestyles. Get up here and recognize who created you and live with the purpose of honoring him. Number two, this was very clear to me. I don't even know how to get these words out. I'm going to say them, and I'm going to put them in the Lord's hands and in your heart. I don't know who this is for. For somebody here or somebody online, stop striving so hard to figure out who you are. Start with finding yourself in Jesus. I don't know who it's for, but I know I'm supposed to tell someone, stop striving so hard. You're his handiwork. You are made in his image. He wants to use you for his purposes. Find your peace right there. I speak, Lord, over this group in the house today and those online today. I speak your peace over them. I pray today would be the beginning of some finding their way, of choosing to say, Jesus, I step up to recognize that your name is above all names and I ask you to come into my life, change my path, let me walk out of here determined, let me click off this button in a moment online 
realizing that you put value in me because you made me. Today, I want to be yours. I confess my sins. I accept you as my Savior. Write my name in the book of life that I might have permanent citizenship in the kingdom of heaven. Be with us, Lord, as we go to live. I will step off this little man-made platform that's represented a heavenly view today, and I'll walk out in the real world like everybody else. Let us go to carry forth your love and kindness, your grace, your mercy. Lord, speak to lost souls in our world and use us to do it. We love you today. Give you this message. In Jesus' name we all said, amen. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information, if you're in need of prayer or just want to connect with the community, go to reslife.org, follow us on social media, or email us anytime at reslife at reslife.org. We hope you have a blessed day, and we will see you again soon.